when you don't have time, you could basically do what you want because you have the money, but you don't have the time to do what you want. And when you have money, I mean, when you don't have money, you have time, but you're limited because you can't do what you want because you don't have the money to do it. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, but you know, like I said, I mean, I, uh, I pretty much sacrifice so that my family can have time. They can have like, they can do different things. You know, I just can't. And I, you know, I can't do it with them, but at least they'll be able to. And it, and it sucks. Like I say, either way, yeah, I mean, you're losing one way, you're losing the other way. Like there's, I can't say which one is, I've chosen the time option. You, you know what I'm saying? That's the thing between me and you. Like you chose the, uh, you know, you chose the money option. I chose, and, and I chose the time option, but I, but I can't, and I used to have money, but when I had money, I didn't have time. I was, whenever it, like it was an event, special event, birthday or whatever, some kind of special event somebody uh, invited me to nine times out of 10, guess what? I can't come because I'm at work at the time when that event happens. Yeah. And that's one of the things that kind of, it guides me in my life because like I said, when my, when my daughter's mama died, when she was, uh, you know, when she was three years old, you know, I was like, that's when I made the decision. I was like, I got to be there for her. You know what I'm saying? She don't have no mama. Because before it was fine. It was fine. I was making good money. I was gone 60 plus hours a week. But her mom was there. She had her mom. And I would be there with her when I got off of work. That's fine with me. But when her mom passed, I was like, like I say, I would take her from daycare to babysitter to daycare to babysitter to neighbor to friend, <laughs> you know what I mean? To to my mama's house, back and forth. And that's how it was for us for a while. And, and you know, and I, until I got fired from my job, but I think the reason why I got fired from my job was because I was like, this is not working. I can't, I can't, because she doesn't have a mom, I gotta be mom and dad. So I can't be gone 60 plus hours a week and still be a dad or a mom. Get what I'm saying? Somebody else is raising my child. I had to make a decision. It was a fucking hard-ass fucking decision. It was fucking hard. And I'm poor to this day because of that decision. I don't regret my decision, but I don't know if it was the right one. If that makes any sense. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, nobody has the right decision because, I mean, you're, I mean, whenever you're trading, because you're trading one for the other, I mean, I, you were honestly like the time probably is I mean it's always gonna be the most valuable you know you're gonna have those moments that shoot I'll never have you know that's I mean the time but is but when she asked like right now I need health care I need to get my tooth fixed my teeth fixed and I had like school clothes you know every year you gotta get New shoes and shit for the kids, right? This year, and I had to wait. I bought her some of her stuff that she wanted, and she had to wait another, like, like a month or so, I'd say. I just barely finished buying her stuff for school, if that makes any sense. You get what I'm saying? I had to make her wait because, you know, it didn't fit in my budget. So, I, you know, before school started, of course, I bought her stuff. 
but it wasn't enough. You know what I'm saying? I needed to get her more stuff, but I had to make her wait. I was like, hey, you know, I don't, it's not in the budget right now. So I'm gonna hook you up with this, that, that, and the other, but I'll finish school shopping for you in like a month or so. So I can get my money together so I can do that. You know, so like what I'm saying is both sides suck. You know what I mean? Like what I mean is like, I can't say that one is better than the other. You get what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I and I feel you. And I think, I mean, that's like one of those reasons why, because like right now, um, you know, they, they threw a party at, uh, at Aleros. And you can't be there. there. And my son is like, Dad, Dad, like I wish, I wish, I wish you was, was here. Was he yeah, it hurt. And but but but, but now there is an element there that because I mean I could have been, I just needed to know it sooner to prepare myself for it because I mean to schedule it, and that's yeah. how it was for me when I was making money. It was the same way, but like a three weeks, I needed like three weeks prior. Yeah, uh, a I week prior is no good. A yeah, week prior is no good. good. Two would have been okay. I could have, I could have done it with two because I mean, like I said, I mean, I could be anywhere in the country when, you know, any given week. You know what I'm saying? So that's for me. Like at least two weeks, I could, I could have done it. But you know, it's still like those. I mean, that would have been a great moment for us to, you know, be able to hang out. You know, do something that's, you know. Other memories and stuff that's around, yeah. Memories, those, those memories, yeah. But uh, I could have jumped in the bouncy house, you know what I'm saying? Exactly, <laughs> had a good time, had a good time with the baby and make an yeah, excuse man. like, Oh, I'm just jumping in here because of my son, like, you know what I'm saying? I make nah, sure he have a, nah, but you having really. fun too. <laughs> I totally feel you. So what, what, what else do you have to say about the topic? Like, what I mean is like, I, I wanna talk about this for a while because this is very, very heavy. Everybody, the system that we live in, we have to make one, you know, everybody fits in one or the other pretty much in the system that we live in. Pretty much well, everybody. For the most part, I mean, there's probably five to 10% of people. That, that have money and time. Yeah, yeah, there's very few, yeah. Very, very, very few. What I'm saying is most people have to choose one or the other. We don't get the option of both. That's not an option for us. No, I, I mean that's 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 say, bro. I mean, like I said, I mean you you you're kind of like running back and forth over my 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 toes. I'm not. You, I'm not trying to. No, no. I'm no, sorry. No. Yeah, no, yeah, no. You are. You you get to do this, and um, th that's fine. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I meant no. to do it, but I didn't mean to step on your toes. If, no, no, if, no, no, if no. that makes any sense. I, no, I feel what you're saying, and uh, I wouldn't retract at all if I were you, because this is this is something that's actually like it's a great conversation because you know, with that being such a hard truth, that you know. I mean, and it's like I lived, like, dude. I've I've missed funerals. I've missed, I'm sure, like weddings, birthday parties. 
Um, Me too. You know, like back in the days, I've like like I've I've supplied everything for you. Pay for everything, but you couldn't even be there. I could. I've been there. I've been there. I've been in the same boat with you because that's where I used to be. Like I say, until I got fired from my job. But I think I got fired on purpose. I think I made that decision subconsciously, if that makes any sense. Like, I was like, I can't keep, I got, something's got to give, something's got to give. Because like I said before, if she had a mom, like you, you know, Pat has a mom. At the end of the day, he has, he has a mom. She loves him. She's going to care yeah. for him. She's going to look out for him. So you know that when you're on the road, you know that he's, you know, she loves him. So, well, you yeah. know, she, yeah. So, you know, he good, basically. I, I don't have that confidence. She Dude, doesn't have a mom. But, well, and and I, I, I feel that, like, Dude, that 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 shakes my heart when I think of it, you know, that but you know, at the same time, shit. I'm that, that's my dog, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know say bro, say, bro, that's like having his mom still doesn't replace, you know, like having his dad. You know, I text I, my like, son. I text my son the other day, bro. I'm gonna just give you a little bit of input, and I was I was teared up. I saw a commercial or something. I don't know something. I saw it was like a 10, 11 year old's son with his dad, and they were chunking the football with each other, playing. You know, just throwing the football. It's not a big deal. Most people that it's not a big deal. When I saw that, I teared up. You know why? Because I never had that with my son. Because you know my my first baby mama, she took my son for like ten years. So I missed all those. I missed all that. I never had an opportunity to throw football with him when he was 10, 11 years old. I texted him the other day because I saw a commercial or whatever. I don't know what it was I saw. And it had me all fucking emotional. And I just got on the phone. I started texting him and let him know like where I was at. Like I spilled my heart to him because I had to let him know that I, you know, how emotional I was about missing that, you know? And he texted me back. He was like, it's all good, Dad, man. I love you. You, you know, you're here. And and we could chuck a football. But see, the thing is, I haven't seen him in a minute. They moved. They, I don't even know where the fuck they are. I mean, he texted me and told me where it was at. But my brain, you know, I'm, I, I suck at I remember he said East Texas. I, uh, um, but this is, you know, for him to get his, uh, you know, his... His degree, his uh, the beginning of his uh, right. He finished school. He just finished school recently, and he started a new job. He works construction now. Uh, for all you guys out there, I had my son when I was fuck. How old was I? It was two thousand one when he was born. He's and, older than Anaya. Yes, he's the he's he's like nine. Okay. He's like twenty now. Nineteen twenty now. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Cause I mean he looks young as hell too. When I, you know, what I'm saying he's bigger, but you know, I, I just got a baby face. He, I he got a baby yeah, face. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, I'm just trying to kind of place it, but yeah, not all right. It adds up. It makes sense. Um, yeah. 2002. I think he was born 2002. 2001 and 2002. My brain is sucks at that kind of shit. 2001, 2002. That's when he was born, and so. Yeah, so um yeah, so like I say, I saw that whatever it was, it got me all emotional. I texted him 
And he was like, Dad, it's cool, man. I understand, you know, that what y'all went through and da 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 da. He was trying to make me feel better, but it didn't help. It didn't help. Nothing helps. You know what I'm saying? I lost that. It's gone. He was like, Dad, we're coming. I'm going to come down there for, what did he say? He said Thanksgiving. He said, I'm going to come down there for Thanksgiving and we could chunk the football around. And I was like, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, but still. At this at point, he's kind of fathering you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Man, say, bro. And, and you know, um, that was kind of one of those things. Like, I, I mean, because my dad, I mean, I don't know if I've had the benefit either way with my dad because he did make more money. He, um, you know, like he, he made decent, you know, pretty good money, but I didn't get any, any of it uh, or his time until like I was 17. Like I, when I was 17, that's when he divorced his second wife. And, you know, we had a little more time but like i think like even like his his views on life uh because i mean oh well you're grown now and you know god blesses the child who has his own so you know get your ass out there and get your own shit you know pretty much so my dad was like that my dad was like that too and i you know he made decent money too like when I say I was poor growing up, it's kind of like my mom's side, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Because, see, I mean, I ha it, it's complicated. Me and my my sister's childhood, sometimes we lived together. Sometimes we were separate. Sometimes we were with this parent. Sometimes we were with that parent. It was a fucking mess. My childhood was a fucking mess. So, but when I did live with my dad, which was most of my childhood, I ain't going to lie. it was mo I spent most of my childhood with my dad. My mom and my dad split up when we were we were pretty little uh so most of my childhood i would say was with my dad my mom had issues and she was going through them or whatever and my dad had issues my dad had issues too but what i'm saying is when i was with my dad he made good money but everybody who makes good money is gone 50 60 plus hours a week you know what i'm saying and you know look we was talking about in the other show how good me and my sister can cook let me explain you to you why me and my sister can cook so well. My dad, <laughs> let me explain. My daddy did not buy snacks. He didn't buy like junk food and shit like that. He would buy like real food. He would put it in the refrigerator and he was, and, you know, he would say it's food in there. It's food in there. Y'all, you know, but he's literally, he's gone. He comes home at night, late at night and he leaves early in the morning. This is every day. So... Uh, like I say, he would say, it's food in there. So y'all deal with it. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's the reason why me and my sister can cook so well is because we had no other choice. We had to figure it out. It was trial and error. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and, 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 and you know, as time went on, we, be, we became, both of us became very good cooks because that was the only way we could eat. And literally my daddy was totally against snacks. He did not buy snacks or stuff that you could throw in the microwave shit like that he did not buy that he was against that kind of shit so it would be food in there literally but you'd have to figure out a way to prepare that shit yeah i learned how to make snacks out of just regular shit like 
Yeah, we did too. We made donuts. You know how like they, uh, you know how the cans of biscuits that come in the, uh, you know, you pop it, pop, the little biscuits, mm -hmm. you're supposed to throw them in the oven, but you have the, uh, if you get like the flaky kind, I can't really think of it. It's kind of like layers. You can peel the layers of that biscuit and me and Al Alifa, we figured out hot grease, you know, hot oil, a good amount of it in the pot, enough for it to float. Um, so yeah, you you peel the layers of the biscuit and you put them in the hot grease um, and, and flip them over. They cook very fast. They don't take very long. And then you add sugar to it. Boom, you got a donut. Like, yeah, well, these motherfuckers got well, paper. I, I, I know personally because, you know, uh, honestly, that whole that there's a movement that's been going on called the BWO. That's uh, bridging wealth uh, opportunities or the black. It started off called the Black World Order, but uh, it was also kind of used as the uh, bridging wealth opportunities. So, which I am a part of, you know. And I don't have no problem with building wealth. What I'm yeah. saying is, if you help in the community, if you're really about the community, your ass is not driving no well, fucking Rolls Royce. They're feeding off the community just like the church does. Yeah. Well, see, the whole thing is, is what I, you know, one of the things that, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But one of the things that I pick up on is that if you, if you find out certain things on your own, keep it to yourself. Don't try to throw that into this paradigm because this is the way we're teaching and you don't um what wait a minute, hold on this is distracting me all right so shouldn't the rich lead by example by donating almost all of their wealth to those who are struggling well i mean you could you could say that but most people who who have not earned money don't respect money and they end up being broke again anyway so but, you know but he's, i think but people I... have tried that before but 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 the point of and I agree with that comment because I think he said that because of what I was saying is that you know these if they're really helping the community they're not driving a Rolls Royce I'm sorry there's no fucking way you know there's no fucking way if you really care about the community there's no way you're driving a Rolls Royce I'm sorry you're um, you're, you're you're no there's no fucking way there's no fucking way there's no fucking well, way that's there's no that's fucking a, that's way that's in your opinion, because I mean, I'm gonna tell you, I've even thought about purchasing one, one day, but you know, and that's, that's fine. But yeah. but but what? I'm not I'm I, you I'm not putting you in the category of a community. Would you call yourself a community activist? Ben X calls himself a community activist. The other guy, I could go down the names. They call themselves community activists, but they rich as fuck. So how much help are they really doing? Well, not, they're, uh, hey, look, they're making they, money. They, they're making money some... off the image of being a community activist. And that's what I mean by we started with Farrakhan. Farrakhan is paid like a motherfucker, too. I'm not oh, yeah. saying he didn't help the community at all. But is but that they, his number one goal? Is that really what he's doing? Well, I'm going to tell you. I mean, one of the things that, you know, can be a benefit to yourself and others is to where you're able to help others while helping yourself like you you know what I'm saying it's not a waste where you're able to be able to um you know like 
if you're able to make money while other somebody else is making money or that they're able to get a benefit from what it is you're doing i don't see it as a crime now when i find something to be more of a crime it's more like let's say like just in the church where you're collecting a bunch of money from people you're telling them things that make them feel good but it doesn't really benefit them in the long run because they're just giving up money they still may be living in poverty but and the church itself doesn't have some kind of a uh you know reciprocity for these people where if they're in you know deep in trouble for something they don't help out it's just kind of like hey you know pull you on your own straps. but yeah. make sure you pay them tithes next month and that's what we was talking about so you're yeah. basically bleeding the community because you go to you, you go to a nice, this is what I know for 100% fact. You go to a very, very nice neighborhood, you may see one church. You go to a fucking slum, you're going to see 10 churches in one block. So the comment the guy said, there's nothing wrong with living in a nice house with a nice car, but do you need a Rolls Royce? If you could drive an Audi and donate that extra money to those who need help, that's my well, point. Audi is a nice car. I would love to have Audi right now. Because actually, the RS7 is, I'm in love with it. I love that fucking car. And that's why I just one of the other cars I've been looking at. And no, no car is a need. You know what I'm saying? You know, there's, there's levels to everything. And I'm not promoting one way or another. Because, I mean, you know, we're all supposed to live in abundance. So, you know, yeah, you could take a, you know, the difference between, you know, a Rolls Royce of 350,000 for you can get, you know, being able to get an Audi for 70 or, you know, whatever, you know, yeah, you can spend less. I could fucking go get a Toyota, you know what I'm saying? You know, and I can go spend that on whatever. Toyotas so, are nice cars too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, a Lexus. I mean, whatever it is, it's fucking metal, and you know, just they're all made out of the same thing, you know. And that's that's kind of the metaphysical look at those that for me, because you know, yeah, because maybe cause I wait, maybe I just a guy. Like, there's a guy, I can't think of his name, but, and he's pretty local too. And he's with the Nation of Islam. This nigga drives around in a fucking limo or some shit. And every time it's like a black, like something racial happens, you know, in the community, some kind of racial thing. Like, I don't know, a white person kills a black, a white cop kills a black person or some kind of thing that's, you know, has been politicized and, you know, it's very racial. This guy's on the scene. There, uh, from day one, he's on the scene, on TV, talking about this shit is wrong. Didi didi da 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 da. I'm gonna represent these people and I'm gonna help them because he's got lawyers and shit and all that shit. And you know, but it's that image. It's the it's the being on TV. It's the you know. Oh, this guy really looks out for people or whatever. After he leaves the press conference, he goes, gets in his fucking limo and drives off the scene. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he and that, and and the only, and the only thing he's gonna help is that one situation related to something that was big and political. You got trade of truth. You know trade of truth. 
I've heard he's a rapper. Of that name, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know him. I, I've heard of that. I've heard that name before, but look him up as far as an activist. He's a rapper, but he's an activist, bro. Every time it's a hurricane, every time something happens, this nigga is out there, literally helping people, like pulling them out of their fucking floods and shit. And he don't get much publicity. Only the people who know know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This guy is a real activist, you know, and he has money. Trader Truth has money. He's he, he's a he's a comfortable guy. He drives around in a Hummer and shit like that. But this, I don't think he has a Rolls Royce. He helps people for real, and he's not there to be on TV. Well, I'm gonna tell you, man. You know, I, I think I mean a lot of this is perspective because. You know, like a lot of people, like even people who end up with airplanes, like th that they can, you know, like it ends up being, uh, 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 you know, the limo, the the private jets, like a, a lot of these things end up being things that they end up not paying for or a way of writing it off. Like, yeah, they spent the money for this, but at the same time, they get the money back in other ways. So it really, you know, somebody riding a limo, based on the type of money that you got, like, it offsets a lot of that, you know, it makes more sense to do it. So, I mean, just, you know, the perception, the, what you see and all that, don't let it trick you because some of these people are, are, are riding around in these luxury vehicles for the same price that you are in the fucking beat down one. And I, and I saw a video about that recently because the guy said if you own a business, if you have your whatever the, the official business thing is, he said buy a truck that's over, buy a car that's over a certain weight and you can write off literally everything uh, into your yeah, business. It's like 8,000 pounds, you know, uh, I think, you know, you get a vehicle because I mean some people like the difference between, you know, getting a, a pickup truck. And uh, uh, let's say like all right, let's just say for an SUV, you know, you get a a Ford uh, Explorer or whatever, and you go get a Range Rover. The Range Rover is is you know meets that that weight thing where you're able to write it off, but you end up paying the same amount. Like shit. You know, and the same amount as a like a Toyota or whatever. Yeah, like I mean, people don't really realize this is because of the mindset that. And, and, and I agree with you, and I know that that's what it is. But I'm saying these people that I'm mentioning, that's not what it is. They're in the game to make fucking money, period, and they don't care about the people at all. They're making money and want to drive uh, off well, in a limo. That that dynamic exists, you know. what I'm saying, I, you know, like, but to to decide and you know just pretty much say that just because these people are driving the roles or they're driving you know these other cars that you know they're not you know they're not real or they're whatever like they've understand the world in a different way than the average person that's the point that i'm trying to make because and i agree you know, with you on that you know there, there's some people who are driving rolls royces that's pieces of shit you know what I'm saying? But let's not just decide that because they're in this car that that's what, you know, what it is. You know, what I'm I, 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 you know, and that's a fair that's fair. I can't I can't I can't really argue with that. You know, I'm you know, but I'm just the specific people that I mentioned, because we were talking about Farrakhan and we we're talking about the Nation of Islam. And we we're talking about the the Hotep folks 
Because, like, we were talking about red pill and blue pill. Well, let's uh, read his comment. In the end, yeah, we're, just, we're not yeah. supposed to help those who are, what do you say? In the end, we're not supposed to help those who are in need. I'm not saying be in complete poverty. I'm just saying, shouldn't we be humble in ourselves? You know, and that's what it is. That's what it, yeah. I completely agree with this guy. Because, like I say, that guy, Ben X, or the other guy I mentioned, they're they're not being humble when they you know they're 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 trying to outshine everybody. It's just like the niggas in the hood do. You know what I'm saying? Cause look, niggas that got hurt, niggas that was hurt, somebody you know for whatever reason they're hurt behind you know things that happened in their life. So they're like, fuck them niggas. I'ma shine on these niggas. You know what I'm saying? I'ma outshine the shit out of these niggas. I'ma I'm, you know I'ma make them jealous. I'ma show up in a you know a McLaren. You know, I'm a stunt on these niggas. It's a lot of people that have that attitude. It really comes from an angry place where they're just like, you know, I, you know, I want to outshine these niggas. I want to fucking stunt on them. I want to make them feel bad. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to throw, like burning money or just throwing it. And, you know, I got so much money, I don't give a damn. I throw it on a, throw it in the trash and play a video of it. This nah, shit is on the internet. No, nah, I, I know. I mean, and I've seen some idiotic, like stupid, foolish shit like that before, and you know, I don't know. You've you've mentioned the you know Ben X a few times, and you know I follow him on I, Instagram. I I'm not I don't, saying I don't, I don't hate him personally. I follow yeah, I, I follow him on Instagram. Go ahead. Yeah, I said I don't know him personally, but like I said, I mean I you know I guess I'm a part of the the community as far as you know the the BWO program uh, academy and things like that. And you know, I think the perspectives are, are are different from you know what what they've seen because they're trying to teach people things that they learn, and like you know the whole idea between the you know because the the main idea for them they're trying they were trying to make a thousand millionaires this year, and I and I do not have a problem with that at all. We need we need that. He sent yeah, me. Don't have a good relationship with money, and that it starts mentally. Like a lot of like you know, it's and I like agree. The, the Bible, you know, has I think you know like for it's been like different, you know, uh, scriptures have been manipulated and made us to believe that, you know, if we have money or you know at least me growing up uh some of the beliefs is that you know the more money you got the more evil you were because i ain't gonna lie i ain't gonna lie because you probably you're probably hitting the nail on the head as far as i used to be very very religious and one of the lines from the bible is like getting a straw through the head of a pen of a needle is how difficult it is for a rich man to get to heaven or some shit like that. You know what I'm talking about, right? Because you know the Bible too. Like I'm well, I'm, I'm misquoting yeah. it. I meant yeah. but it's something like that. But, but look, what we was talking about originally was how these people are taking on the colonizer mindset and flipping it on the yeah. black shit. And yeah. that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Yeah. And you know, like I said, I, I didn't want to get too far away from that comment that where we ended up this way is that, you know, I think we do need to help people get out of because I mean, you know, every you know everybody Poverty has mindset. their way. Yeah, yeah, everybody has their way that they they know how to help, 
So you know what I'm saying? We can't, you know, like the people who are out there to help, we can't tell them how they should help. And right. there's, you know, some people think that they can have a bigger impact in the way that they decided to do it. And then we're looking at like, well, why you didn't just give this and just give that? It's like, well, if I if if I you know, give I won't have you, shit. Then yeah, I won't have and, shit. But the, the the impact that they're trying to make, well, if I can give you a thousand more of me, those thousand more of me can give a thousand more of them and we can make this pyramid of millionaires in the next decade and I, or two. And I, I agree with that to a certain extent. I just don't like the way people like Ben X go at it because they're going at it at the same way as these damn Europeans like talking about uh, we was talking about the damn credit scores and like and I had a whole argument on Instagram with some people about that and you know I don't disagree with it like one of the guys said you know, the problem with black people is that they don't realize that you can game the system. So you need to educate them on how, how to game the system. And I was like, I don't disagree with you on that, except I don't want to game the system. I want to burn it the fuck down. It's a shitty system. It's trash. I don't want to accept it. It's kind of like, you know, me and you was talking about the stocks, right? And how I'm on the fence about the stocks, because I feel like if I get involved in that, then I'm going down that road of them, their system. And once I, but, once I, once I take that into my heart, then I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm on their side now. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like I'm on the wrong team. But, but see, but you know, that's that's a problem for me and for our, uh, the rest of our community because for somebody like yourself, that if you just, I mean, if you were in power. If you had, if you could position yourself in a way to make the decisions that some of these people that's in office or whatever that's made their way into office, you wouldn't make the same decisions that these people are making today. You would think more about the people than yourself, where these others are thinking more of themselves than the people. So, you know, if if we stay in the mindset like that, we're not changing anything for anybody. Yeah, but that's the thing, because like what you're saying, so what happens like ALC? I know you got opinions on ALC. So I feel like ALC really had her heart in the right place when she was coming into, you know, the system. But once she got into the system, she's been co-opted and she's trying to go at it their way now. You know what I mean? She's they got lost. So who's to say if that doesn't happen to me? I have my heart in the right place. I really want to help out people. I finally get, I get, you know, in Congress and I feel like I'm in a position to actually help people. But now I'm, I'm in, I'm around a whole different group of people. My way of thinking completely changes. And now I, you know, I got lost in, cause I think that's what has happened to AOC. I'm lost in the sea of this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Let's read the comments. He said, I mean, if you want to talk about the Bible and money, Here's here's just a simple pro simple Proverbs twenty two sixteen. Whoever oppresses the poor for his own increase, and whoever gives the rich, both come to poverty. 
Hmm. I don't know if I really understand that because well, no, I, I I do. I, I I totally get it. My dad made me read proverbs like this. There's actually a, a chapter for every day of the month. My that was one of those things I growing up. But that right there, I mean, because it's 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 really I mean, it's it says exactly what it means. Because it, it doesn't mean that just because you're rich doesn't mean that you know you're you're bad but those who do like with your intent if you if you go with an intent to hurt some you know hurt anybody really the poor the middle class the rich if you're out to get people just for your gain you know you you you're you you're losing you're losing overall and for those who, you know, are, you know, I guess up giving, uplifting the rich for, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, you, you're really going to find yourself in a position where, you know, you're, you know, you're still at a loss because the poverty isn't just, you know, you know, looked at monetarily. You can be impoverished in, you know, in spirit, in, okay. in your, so in your soul, like now I lack, understand that that's lacking. You know what I'm saying? Poverty is more lacking. And, and I ain't gonna lie, I, I I had a conversation similar to this with a coworker today. I was saying there was a time in my history where I wanted to be like the white folks, you know. Uh, and when I say white folks, I really just mean the upperclassmen's or affluent yeah. people. Yeah. You know, so, but as I've, you know, as I've gained more knowledge, <clears throat> I feel sorry for these people. A lot of them, um, because of that, what you're saying, they're, they, they're, they're empty inside. They're missing something. They're, they're, they are in poverty in a lot of ways. Yeah. they really. It's I just mean, not a, a monetary. Lot a lot of them are because I mean, you know, honestly, like, I wish for, you know, like, my, you know, enough power, enough money to make changes. You know, of course, yes, I, I you know, yes, I want to be able to live good or at least, you know, I, I don't care about myself as much as I do other people because I'm okay with, you know, being an average person. Me too. You know, like, like sometimes I don't know how to, you know, really, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm such a giver to where, like, honestly, like me seeing somebody in a bad position, I'm caught in between. Like, what do I do? Because, you know, can I really help them in a good, you know, a positive way for me to feel better about me doing something and it actually changing, or it will it be just a, just a shot in the dark. Or, or 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 is it just to benefit myself only because of the feeling that I get? Like yeah. people talk about how like they post online, yes. how they give money, they give money to homeless people and they video it and then they post it on Instagram. Yeah. And it's really to just make themselves feel like, oh, I'm better than you. I get and it then they get a bunch of likes. Good or it makes them look better to other people or this, that, and the other. Their like, motivation I, 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 wasn't I, 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 really to I, help. Their motivation was to look like they, you know. And, and that's that I, neoliberal shit. Go ahead. Yeah, and I have to kind of look at that myself 
before I'm doing something for somebody because am I, I doing it honestly, really for them or am I yeah, doing it for myself? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like even like even for my mom, like I, you know, I help out with my mom and this, that, and the other. It makes me feel awesome to be able to help her. And, you know, I do it like she needs something. You know, really, it, I I I can't wait to help, but I'm kind of like really like don't tell nobody. You know what I'm saying? You you know just here's what you know you need. Like this, we had a conversation just recently about something that needs to be done, be taken care of, and I'm like, don't you know? Like you don't have to like telling my brothers, you know, like my auntie, you know, different people. Like you know, I was just saying like this. Just get it done. You know what I'm saying? Because, don't video it. And don't even no, tell no, nobody. Wait, well, and, and there's something like, in the I Bible. There's something in the Bible about that. Because we're having this conversation. But that's the thing. It's like, you know, I, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't need, I, I, I feel good enough knowing that I'm helping you. Or that, you know, I'm able to be able to do this as you need it. And I don't want anybody else to feel down because they can't because you know that's probably more more the case with others around you know i'm trying to think I, of it there's another line it's like when you do good deeds and then when you talk about it it diminishes those good deeds yeah, something I like that right now so i mean i'm I'm leaving it where it is, but like I said, I even feel weird saying it here, but at the same time, you know, it doesn't need to be, you know, like, what, what, what's the saying where it says, like, don't let the uh, the left hand know what the right hand's doing? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just kind of like, you know, I don't want to feel like I did something special. Or, you know, everybody else just think I did something special. Because it's in there. There's a line about that. And it's in the Bible. Don't. It diminishes your blessings when you mention your good deeds. Some shit. I can't find the words. Yeah. But it has to do with when you do something good for somebody, you're not supposed to talk about it. You're not supposed to mention it and bring well, it up. And 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 this right here, I know it's true. Like I I like you know, as far as like the uh, Instagrammers, TikTokers, and this, that, and the other. Like they'll they'll go rent some place or car or this or like just to look big for this day to try to make and, people. Because I mean, and I tell my daughter that all the time because she believes in that shit, and I'm telling her, bro, okay, if you really want to understand. Understand that 95% of what you see on the internet is it's fake. Not it's not it's real. not real. Don't believe it. These people, and another thing, we was talking about how like depression, they know that Instagram and shit causes depression. And a lot of times it's because people are looking at the post and they're like, oh, these people have great lives and my life sucks. But then I'm trying to tell you, these people don't have great lives. <laughs> they appear. But, but they look, appear I'm gonna tell you, to have great lives. The people, the people who have great lives, they're not posting it on Instagram. Living them, they're not posting it on Instagram. Yeah, they're actually living those their lives, and you know, like they're 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 enjoying that 
that part of whatever it is. Like some somebody who you see, like you know, like with their camera, you know, like selfie here, selfie there. Like they're seeking a feeling, approval, and you know they're miserable. They have to be miserable if they're taking pictures all the time, trying to because the likes and sh the likes is what makes them think they're you know it. It makes them happy. I'm saying it makes them happy, but it doesn't really. But yeah. that's what they think it does. So, and, and anybody that's looking for validation like that, happiness from external, they're not happy because your only happiness is going to be found within. Well, did you did you get any of the? Did you see any of that face? What the the the, the whistleblower uh, stuff that the conversation they had at, in Congress? The girl that uh, was talking about all the stuff that she knew about Facebook, the things yeah. that Facebook purposely yeah, yeah, yeah. has done, the things, the psychology. Of I've been all following that and, since yeah. she started. Yeah. So, you know, these people have developed like it's a drug. Right. And it's, it's and their it's, internal documents. I, know. They know. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we have to kind of start looking at some of this because, you know, uh, these people going to do these things, we have to kind of look at it almost like a crackhead out on the street trying to, you know, get their next hit. That's that's kind of where we Some have, to kind of have to look There's a at chick it. that I follow on Instagram, and I've been following her for years, and I've watched her evolution. She's a beautiful chick, and she used to just post, like, regular old selfies, like, you know what I'm saying? She's a beautiful chick. She'd get likes for her regular selfies, but I've noticed her shit is getting more and more raunchy over time. She's wearing less and less clothes. <laughs> She's holding her legs all open and shit like that. And I yeah. and like I say, I've been following this chick. She's a nice girl. Uh, yeah. But this is what happens when you, you know, okay, so my last post only got 2,000 likes, you know? So, hey, so I, I opened my leg up a little bit. Now I get... 3,000 likes. So I put on some lingerie. Now I get 4,000 likes. And it just keeps on going. And like, that's what I mean. Like, this chick that I follow, I know she's a nice girl. I know she's not fucking a bunch of people. She's not a whore. She's just, you know, obviously like looking for some validation. Like, she's, you know, she's, you know, and like I say, at the end of the day, you're really miserable if you're doing that. So, but like I say, I, I watched her evolution. Very nice girl posting very, you know, respectable pictures. She used to post respectable pictures. Now she's on her bed but, in lingerie. But, you know, I, I mean, and maybe I'm being, you know, too semantic, but I mean, she, she is a whore. She might not be fucking everybody, but the attention, like she, she, she needs everybody. Yeah. She needs all of these other people's eyes on her or some, you know, to see that she's getting a certain level of attention so you know yeah i mean maybe she really is and you know because the idea of somebody you know like just think about it. i mean you got all these different guys uh you know w w when you look the islamic thing when they have the all these this veils the things on the head the, the way they're covering their body is because of they don't want to get the eye looks and this, that, and the other because that right there, I mean. It's, and you it's know, I have, a, I have an affinity to Islam because you know that in my yeah. history, my dad was Muslim. 
And I totally understand the hijab. I totally understand because your husband, your husband should see your curves. Your husband should see your breasts and your nipples. And, you know, and one of the things is your hair. Your I hair. think a lot of people, a lot of people the don't hair. understand that hair is sexual. I see a chick with beautiful hair. It turns me the fuck on. So yeah. you're married. You have a husband. Your hair turns people on. You need to cover your hair. I don't disagree with that. I totally do not disagree with that. Your husband, that's how it is in Islam. Your husband yeah. is the only one that sees your hair down. Because it's women that I've seen before and the hair was up all the time. And then the first time I saw their hair down, I totally looked at them in a totally different way. Like, oh my yeah. God. Oh, <laughs> it, no, it, it definitely has an effect on, on you. So, you know, but when we, when we go back to, you know, social media and you know you probably have more access to more eyes like you you're and are you enticing these guys do you want yeah. another guy are you happy with you your are, husband you, you want are, attention but, from these other guys but dude look say bro, why would even, you if you're married there's even a thing where like people can rob you from like through a video being energy. able to look into your it's eyes. It's the energy. And, yep. And then, energy transfer. I completely yeah. agree. So you're losing so much. You you yeah, and, and they're and these women who cover themselves, they have they're more reserved. They're more like you don't have the access to them, like you know what I'm saying? So that makes them more precious. You'd love to see those curves better. Because see, the thing about with Islam, that's why they wear those dresses and stuff. Because it says it in the Quran, you know, you're supposed to cover, you know, what you can't cover. I can't remember how it goes. Basically, it means that your curves should not be easily accessible. That's why they wear these dresses so that you can't see like the curve of their butt or, you know, how what the hip ratio or, you know, basically how big their breasts are and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, you know, it, let's read the comment. He said, I myself, a fairly well off life. I am nowhere near a millionaire, but I'm okay. I don't post photos of my cars or, or my house on social media. I don't post every new thing I bought on social media. And I would say that person is just like you, right? Because yeah. Pat, you you weigh more well off than I am. I ain't never seen you post some fucking new toys or some shit. Hell no. And, and, I mean, and I know you, I, you buy or do whatever the fuck you want to do when you want to fucking do it, right? Well, for the <laughs> most part, I mean, I can, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I hadn't really bought any cars or anything like that because it's like I don't really even have time to You don't have, enjoy and then you don't have a need. Yeah, you're working I, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't really see the point in some of the purchases, but, uh, but, yeah, I, I would I would say that yeah, I'm a lot like this guy. I don't know how he pronounces that. Is that form LSAT or firm or uh you know what that's supposed to uh really uh, from from LSAT to first yeah. From last to first, first, yeah. From last to first, yeah. But however, uh, you know, like some things are, are really kind of pointless and I mean, what does it do? I mean, you're, I mean, for, for people who actually have, if you want to call it some wealth, because I mean, I mean, I'm not rich by far. Like I, I'm trying to get there, but 
however, like what what do you end up doing? You end up attracting things to you that you don't want. And that's the thing I be saying all the time. I was talking to somebody today at work and the dude was talking about how he had got robbed. And I was like, I have never been, I, you know, I knock on wood. I've never been robbed, but I don't, I'm not a flashy person. Like uh, Lamborghinis are nice cars. <laughs> yeah. Lamborghinis are nice cars, but I, I, I don't want a Lamborghini you know, unless unless the situation per, uh, permits me to do it safely, you know what I'm saying. The thing is, the the attention that Lamborghini is going to bring on me is something I don't want. The way I live my life, I slide around in and out of situations and circumstances and places barely seen, and that's what I prefer. I don't want a lot of eyes on me. Yeah, I mean, you know, like when I, I've I've kind of studied for, like you know, just kind of in my mind, the different things that I would, you know, cause like me going to, uh, going home, going to Louisiana in a, you know, like, cause I like those Lambo trucks, the little SUVs. I like, you know, I like a lot of these vehicles. I don't know if I'll ever actually buy one or not, but you know, it's just certain things. Like I probably show up in my 2005 Volvo, which runs all awesome, or you know, I give me a pickup truck because I mean, there's certain people who knows me to be a certain, you know, certain way. And if I if I start trying to act like I'm so rich, you know, around people I've been knowing, then that's kind of like opening a door to be like for people to start asking me for right. more shit. Right. I totally you know agree with you, bro. That's one of the ways I live my life. My family been asking me for money forever, and I ain't going to lie. You know, I had to make a decision, and that's part of the reason why I ended up, damn, this is so perfect, because that's how I ended up with my first baby mama, the one that I said that, you know, basically tried to ruin my life or whatever, the one that took my son away. Yeah. I was running for my family, bro. I was really young, I tell you. Um, they was always, I used to pay my mama's car note. I was a teenager. Yeah. I pay her, I, every other month I'm paying her car note. And so that's the kind of thing. So, but once I got with Lee, I was like, Hey, I got a family, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I basically got a wife and, and children, you know, so whenever my family would come to me, like my mom or whoever, Hey, can you pay my car note, man? I got a family, bro. You know what I'm saying? I got to, you know, I got to provide for them. I can't do, I just can't do it. You know what I mean? That was my way because it was, I learned, this is another thing I learned. I read a book about this. I read a book about how to say no. <laughs> well, you know, it's, that's, that's something that, um, you know, like I, I had an epiphany. Uh, I was actually listening to, uh, David Banner's rant about the Kyrie. I love that guy. He's a real activist. Yeah. And he don't walk around all shiny. He don't drive a fucking Rolls Royce. And he's rich. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if he does. He He probably doesn't. Because I mean, like, honestly, bro, like, there's nothing wrong with the fucking Chevrolet, like, cause I I, I like the fucking t- the, those new Tahoes or the Yukon. I actually I like the GMC Yukon. Like, there's, but which those things are really not that cheap either. Like, but it's not no three hundred, four hundred thousand dollar vehicle. And the the main thing is like, honestly, nobody really gives a shit about what you drive. 
At the end of the day, like, who are you trying to impress? Some, like, some thoughts? That's all that's going to be impressed by it. Because another person with money is definitely not going to be impressed. They're probably going to be thinking, bro, you just wasted your money. Yeah, people that's... Rich rich people don't... Rich people don't buy cars like that. They think it's stupid. It's a waste of money. Well, uh, that's the thing. Wealthy people... Say, bro, look, and I'm going to tell you, like, when I heard... When I... um, This was years ago when I saw this with the whole Warren Buffett and how he, you know, like, he was driving a fucking, like, old school Lincoln and it got to the point where he had to get another car and he was just like, you know, all right, like this dude can afford any car there is. And he like after that Lincoln went down, he ended up getting a Cadillac. A Cadillac is a like a you know, like really for the money he has is a trash car. But it's a, a nice car. car. It's yeah, good it's, Cadillac it's a, makes good vehicles. So that's yeah. I'm sure that's why he chose it. Yeah, it's a good, it's a nice vehicle. You know, it was, you know, kind of offered some of the same things that he, because I mean, he's obviously one of the, like, grew up during a time where they like big cars. So, right. I mean, there's, there's only certain vehicles that's left that kind of has a certain length. So, I'm mm-hmm. thinking it's more, you know, I used to sell cars. So, I mean, he just like it for that. Yeah. yeah. You like the wheelbase, the comp, the ride is more comfortable the, because the it's, space it's, on the inside. Yeah. The leg like room, that. but this dude can afford anything. He can have fucking 40, 50 of the top cars that's out. And, and, and look at Bill Gates, Mike Zuckerberg, and, and and Buffett. Look at how they dress. They look like they got on a uniform. Five dollar shoes, twenty dollar pants, a t shirt. I probably have some suits and sport coats and shit like that that cost more than the fucking suits I've seen. Bill Gates wear like he probably go like gets his shit from fucking um you know suit outlet you know what I'm saying like uh off the shelf somewhere yeah some yeah like it's nowhere not like not I, even I mean, tailored I just, yeah <laughs> I, I don't I I don't have no tailored shit like I I get it where they have to you know get my length and stuff right but it's not like totally tailored or nothing but I, I, this jacket I have on was tailored, so yeah, and I'm poor. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I'm just, I'm just humble. I grew up in a life of poverty. I had times where my parents wouldn't wouldn't eat just for my brother and I to eat a, a meal of pancakes, and we ate pancakes for several weeks. Now that I'm grown, I help my parents and help those who need need help and you know that's what we need that's what we need to do and i do the same thing man like and i can kind of relate because like i relate 100 I, I, I may not be been as, as grown up quite as poor as some other i grew up I poor but i you know what i'm saying because we were from the country i connected a lot more to like shit we got some fucking flour you know, we got the baking powder, you know, shoot. Make some shit happen. I might, I might not even have the milk, all right? Well, you know what? I'm going to have to substitute this water and put some of this dry milk that we got from. We're going to make uh, it happen. Yeah, you know. Put I, some I, extra I, syrup on it. It'll be all right. Look, I, we got some sugar. I made the fucking syrup, you know what I'm saying? Which, you know, for some people, that would be considered a luxury. You know what I'm saying? Like, because that, you know, just being able to do that, like, like it was a a decent meal. Shit, I remember like 
grits and eggs or rice and eggs was the fucking menu for <laughs> like that's what we ate for a long you know breakfast like me and my friends like we would kind of get together and do stuff like we would just simply do shit like that but we weren't nowhere near like rich or anything like most of us would live with single uh were living in single parent households you know mom you know work you know we most of us live with our moms who you know did the best we could you know did the best they could and you know but like i said i do relate with this guy because i mean you know my dad doesn't need my help but like you know my mom you know, I help my mom out, and you I'm just like, you know, don't put myself in a yeah. bind. Well, it, and, and based on that, because like I think, like for my mom, I mean, she knows the type of person I am. She raised me, and she tries to not ask me. She know if she says it, it's done. So like my mom does a like she pretty much stays out of that. Like she tries not to even ask. She'll try to, you know, she does the shit on her own. And, you know, I tell us, like, look, don't struggle on this, this, that, and the other. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I got it, I, you know, I'm good. I got it. I, you know. And if I don't. And if I I don't, don't, I'm going to let you know. And, I mean, just like, you know, we've we've had to deal with that growing up. You know, if you had it, you would give it. If you didn't, hey, I mean, I had to accept it. And that's kind of just what it is, you know? And that's what it is. And, like, this comment right here is so perfect. He said, uh, I know I spoke a lot earlier about sharing your wealth to those who need it. However, need, in capital letters, to make sure you, in capital letters, are safe and secure in the environment first. And this is a thing that I had to, you know, and I explained this. I I tried to get... I try to get people to understand this all the time. You can't help some, like, you have to kind of help down. You know what I mean? And look, a perfect example for this, and this is the story I tell for people to try to understand the comment that this man just made. When you're on an airplane, when you're on an airplane, you know, they have the uh, little, they have, right, and it has a message up there, and it says, Parents, put yours on first. Parents, put your mask on first and then put the mask on the child. If you if if you don't do that, you p- can pass out and you and the child are fucked. You get what I'm saying? You know, that it's it's really simple. You cannot you can't help your child if you didn't pass out. Put your mask on first and then put the mask on the child. So that, I mean, that's a real, I mean, that's a real thing. It's on the thing on every airplane you get on. They're going to have that message up there where that, where, where that sign, where the mask falls out. Cause you know, whenever, you know, something happens, you know what I'm saying? The airplane moves and oxygen, you don't have oxygen, the little mask, they fall out. And then you're supposed to grab yeah. it and put it on your face. Parents though, People like me and you, we love the shit out of our children, and we're going to be like, let me get this mask on my baby. But then you might not make it to doing that. You know what I'm saying? Because you you only have so much time. Put the mask on yourself. The cabin pressure can change within seconds. Put the mask on yourself first so you can breathe and provide for your child. And that's the same thing what he's saying. 
You can't help somebody. This is the thing that really took me. That's why I preach it too, because it, I took me a long, I don't know how old I was when I started to understand this because I would, I would help people to the point where I don't have nothing. And now they, you know, I can't even help myself. So for you to be able to help others, you got to be good first. So that means take care of yourself first, make sure you're good and comfortable and have all your needs met before you can ever begin to even think about helping someone else. You can't help someone that's at the same level as you. You can only help people who are, you know, not at your level. It's like also the people up. You can't really help those people, you know, that's on a higher level. You can't do it. You can only help someone that's not at your level. But if you let yourself fall down to their level, you can't help them. We all swallowing in the fucking... Well, look, that kind of leads to what I was going to ask you because, like, uh, you know, I'm sure you've probably seen it, the whole, uh, well, Steve Harvey, and he says that uh, somebody told him, it's like, the best thing you could do for a poor person is not be one of them. Yeah, that's not the well, same as what I'm saying, though. Well, because well, um, I, I think there's levels to it because, you know, it, a lot, it, it sounds very cynical. You know, it sounds, you know, kind of fucked up. But at the same time, you can't be any help to somebody that if you if you're in the same boat. Yeah. You if you're in the same boat with them, if y'all both in poverty, how the hell you gonna help, you know, y'all I mean y'all could try to work together and pull yourselves out of poverty, but to literally help someone, you gotta be in a position to help. And how are you in a position to help? If you are struggling in poverty, if you are in poverty, you are not in a position to help anyone because you're in poverty. Yeah. You're struggling to live. Monetarily, because I'm going to tell you, I mean, you can get something from anybody because like. This, oh, wait, before you go into that, because me, me and Ashley had this argument because, you know, Ashley made way more money than me when we was together. And Ashley had this thing where she feels like men are supposed to be the provider. They should pay more than half of the bills or all the bills. That's just your status as a man. And, you know, I was like, man, I'm going to school. I can't make money and go to school. I just can't do it. So, I, I you know, I like to go to school. That's what I want to do. But and I would tell her I can help you in many, many, many other ways. You know, pick the kids up from school cook dinner. This is what I did all the time. Help them with their homework. Make sure they get in the bed at night. And, you know, I mean, there's a whole list of things. Taking them to dance practice. She couldn't do that. She had to go to work. I took the kids to dance practice. Every fucking practice. You know what I'm saying? I made sure they ate dinner. If there was a problem with, I picked them up from school every fucking day. Uh, You know, that's, you know, well, That's you know, my the, way of helping. The problem with that, and you know, I hate to sound too much like uh, what's his name, um, Kevin Samuels. I hate to really sound like him, but you know, to I mean, but there's a lot of shit that he says is like so spot on. But I mean, modern women, I mean, it's it's really foolish for a modern woman to to still want traditional outcomes. So it's like. You know, in a situation like that, and you got somebody in your life that can benefit, like if you're the one that's, you know, 
the breadwinner. You can you know, make more money. You know that's why we broke up. Well, this, this I, I didn't topic. know. I, I wanted to ask, but I, you know, we're in the middle of a show and we're a different time. Like, I don't care. I, I, I don't I, care. I, it's I, been years now. Yeah, but and, I mean, and me I, and Ashley cool. I texted her some time ago. We're cool. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of probably kind of the same kind of relationship me and Alero have. You know what I'm saying? You know, but at the same time, I mean, different you know circumstances. But she would belittle me every chance she got but, but, but and it was because the, of the economics because i couldn't yeah. pay all the bills but see but that's the thing i mean you know this when 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 you're not really calculating your full life like and when i say your full life is like all the different things that you the challenges that you meet all the things that needs to come about and you know okay if she's you know if it was the reverse she would think differently but let's just say because i mean that was one of those things like me and alara have had that conversation because she knew she would make good money you know she's always known she would and i guess there was an idea that potentially i wouldn't because of my edge you know my you know recorded she's got like a master's degree right Yeah, yeah 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 so but however you know she's you know there was a i guess a possibility that she could have made more money than me and that i would have to you know be she's like she even act like really was talking about like doing a um you know like me being a house husband and you know i take care of our, our son and the house and this that and the other and i was like you know that would be cool i wouldn't really mind it but i know women don't respect that like I, you know, I, I, I just Ashley did. I, I, I she, she, all the stuff I did as far as around the house, being there for the kids, taking them to dance practice. I mean, she appreciated it, but she belittled me, you know, because I, you know, I couldn't pay all the bills. We split the bills. I think I paid the light bill. I can't remember what how, how it worked. I pay the light bill and 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 I would pay. We would like share the food and stuff, but she paid like the full rent. She was bitter about paying the rent, and it was like she was always already. I moved in with her, but she was in the same apartment she was in. You know, she was paying the rent before I moved there. I mean, like what I'm trying to say is like I that didn't her life. It did her budget. It, you know didn't change you get what i'm saying i added i added to her life uh you know i added the complexity to her life i added and i kept every day i was trying to tell her all the things i'm bringing to you look at all this stuff it's money isn't everything Well, well see and that's the thing because you know and you know i think like some of that stuff could have played out towards, I mean, because like I said, as long as I'm, uh, me and, you know, Alara were together, like I've always made more money. And that was, I think maybe that may have bothered to a certain extent because, you know, somebody who has a master's degree can't beat somebody with a GED financially <laughs> might fuck with you. Them, the, their relationship ended up being a lot better based on the fact that she made more than he did and mm. like i said that's the, i mean i and because like I maybe said, she you know a lot of the black women today and i think it has to do with the media like they have this masculine thing where they kind of want to dominate you know the and that's what ashley was she wanted me to be like her little p 
pet. Well, and that's the thing. A lot of women aren't 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 made to like they're they're not made to like they it, it's not common enough for them to accept it and be as like for us like we've you know maybe maybe it's the fact that we've been in a position of providers for so long through history that we just accept that that's the way it is and right. then, like when you know female gets a sense of power it just hadn't learned how to deal with it and you know i and, you know and and, and and historically it's always been a relationship that works it works because you know you know one person provides something another person it works we work together you know yeah. and, and 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 who's making more is not really the thing it's more about if we fit your it piece should, fits my pits yeah, your it piece fits my piece because because like i said i mean once you get married your money is supposed to be one. all tied like, up anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you look yeah. at this, this is how much money we make. If you look at it that way, then you know, I, I potentially that could happen. But you know, in the back, in the back of a female's mind, if she knows she's bringing in more to that pot, because because see, Ashley, the way Ashley was. She wanted it to be where I paid all the bills or whatever, and she spent her money on whatever the hell she wanted to spend it on. That was the dynamic dynamic that would have been, she'd have been happy. We'd probably still be together or whatever if that was the dynamic. But well, but but I, I I like I say I felt like because I didn't make uh you know as much money as her, she you know I was her little pet or I was her little accessory. I was her handbag. You get what I'm saying? That's how I felt anyways. That's how I felt like she treated me. And that's the reason why I couldn't, you know, I'm the one who broke it off. She was blowing my phone up. She was hurt. She was hurt for a while. I don't think she dated anybody or anything for like a year after we broke up because she was still thinking that we were going to get back together. But I I was done at this point. I, You know, you had, you, you've, you belittle me all the time. You make me feel bad. And look, I'm going to tell you, that relationship, she, you know, she hurt me a lot, man. She hurt me a lot by belittling me. And so the next person, my ex now, I basically pay for every every time we went out to eat, I paid for dinner. If we went to the movies, I paid for that. When we went to the bar, I paid our tab. You know, and I think that's because of what happened with me and Ashley. You know what I mean? It, she made me feel some kind of way. So now I'm like, I, you know, I, yeah, I just don't want to have that feeling no more. You know what I mean? Yeah. It hurt. It hurt. I, I, I totally feel you on that because, I mean, you know, I uh, had a, a, a relationship years ago. Um, this Like this chick, she owned her own beauty salon you know i was i was this is when i used to deliver furniture this was probably 20 years ago but i was still young like in my 20s early early to mid 20s this uh it was a white chick she had her own beauty salon i'm talking about like she she i don't know two three hundred thousand she was making at the time you know shit she bought clothes like she lived had a five-bedroom home you know what I'm saying? Like the car, like I mean it was she was balling. But at the same time, you know, 
even though like in the beginning like she really respected me she she you know i she was feeling and you know feeling the brother and um you know things just kind of slowly changed over time you know um really right. like what actually you know faltered is like i didn't trust her because like i you know i found out she was you know doing drugs and you know like she was you know snorting coke and like she had some friends that you know at the time you know there was some gay guys or whatever and you know i didn't really understand a lot of that stuff and the way you know they interacted and you know just the certain things i you know because and then plus like they all were hiding the fact you know she was they was doing drugs together but you know and i didn't trust her so i mean it was just different things and i you know threw a scenario at her to see how she would handle it or what she would think you know how she would act to it and it it kind of spiraled out of out of control after that where you know it just ended up being some some bullshit but it you know i think she was you know money had a little to do with it but it was a lot of just things but i think like i said that was a part of me developing that idea that like i need to be you know i i respect the traditional ways of like you know of what we you know what we've come to to see as traditions that the man provides and this that and the other and any other way the woman won't totally totally respect you like they might love you and care about you and you know they really want things to be right between y'all but because of that one element can change everything and i think that was it ashley liked me a lot she liked me a lot but i think that she couldn't she i don't think she could she couldn't respect me you know what i mean uh, she couldn't that's bring a, her that's societal that i mean that's societal. i mean you gotta think about like the people that's a, you know around them you know, because really, like, there's certain things that your household stuff really is not supposed to leave the household. Like, you know, regardless of what you make and she makes or 100% whatever. 100% agree. Should not really leave the house. But because we didn't have you know, no problems gossip, with money. Because gossip, because of gossip and this, that, and the other. Because I, look. We man. really didn't have no problems. The only problem was that she wanted me to pay all the bills and I couldn't. That was the only problem that we really had. And because I couldn't pay all the bills or most of the bills, I needed to pay more than half of the bills for her to feel like she didn't want nobody to pay her car. No, she'd be okay with that. You know, I think that's all she really wanted to pay her car. No. And you know, her own stuff that she likes to do but she wanted me to cover everything else and well, I, mean, just think that, I mean somebody you know this one you know her friend wasn't satisfied after like at me paying all of the bills like you know so there was who knows people yeah i mean i mean the, it could have went still the same way it still could have been the same way because you know, for some people who don't really see it, because like now it might be totally different. We all grow from experience. Those who don't deserve repeated failure until they do. 
Can't argue with that. Wow. I mean, simply said, but man, that was a mouthful, you know. Mouthful. Yeah, man. Because, I mean, you know, really, that's what really happens. I mean, I honestly think that that, you know, even past, like, outside of this known life that we're in, in this shell, it continues because our soul, our soul is the real life that recycles and returns in different bodies or you know in 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 existence in different ways so you know i really feel like that's like infinity that like that whole that, that whole was a line. heavy that was yeah. a heavy statement with one line you know what i'm saying and then write a little check and then you'll just keep going on your way once you've been fired so what's so bad about non-disclosure agreements? All right, so if you're talking about trade secrets, like secret sauces that are part of the intellectual property of the um, institution, a non-disclosure agreement kind of makes sense. Like I shouldn't, if I work for Colonel Sanders in Kentucky Fried Chicken, and you know I shouldn't be able to know all of the ingredients. I mean, I shouldn't be, it's okay if KFC wants me to keep all of the ingredients um, or a Heinz 57. Heinz 57 wants me to keep all 57 ingredients kind of uh, um, quiet, right? They don't want me yapping around. That's their intellectual property. They built a brand off of it. That's fair. However, a lot of non-disclosure agreements aren't about trade secrets as much as don't tell anybody our dirty practices. Now, there's going to be a market difference between don't tell anyone our dirty practices and don't tell anyone our intellectual property secrets. Some people say, well, our dirty practices and our intellectual property are kind of commingled, uh, to which I call BS. And if you think it's BS, then we should have an open process where we decide whether your dirty practices are trade secrets or they actually just dirty practices, right? So non-disclosure agreements are a little bit dubious in general. I'm not a huge fan. And it's uh, there are some things you shouldn't be able to auction off, right? So the public has a uh, public interest in the administration of justice. And if something unjust was happening in your institution, anyone who's going to be affiliated with that institution should have like access to know about what goes on in that institution. And so far as the institution, um, the institution uh, does business in the public, right? So we license the institution. If there's something unjust going on, we should have, people should be able to announce it. Also, we have free speech rights. So it's both at the public administration of justice level and at the individual level, you're bridging someone's um, um, uh, justice. You're bridging someone's like individual right, and you're bridging the public administration of all of our rights, right? So you jeopardize everyone's right when you normalize non-disclosure agreements in a way that's unbecoming. And there's some things you can't be able to sell away. Like you don't, we don't let you sell your passport. Can't sell your citizenship. Sorry, we don't let you sell. Um, we don't let people sell themselves into slavery anymore. Right? There are some rights that you can't auction off. Uh, there are some things that we do let you sell, like some organs, yeah, which is a little bit dubious. But um, we don't, and I, I think I'm okay with not letting people auction off their free speech. And I think we need to take the public administration of justice very seriously. So. Now you know my little spiel about non-disclosure agreements. I was going to write a paper about the, on this about three years ago, but I kind of lost steam and started doing some other work. But I think they are dubious. Non-disclosure agreements, plea deals, 
another dubious artifact that we've kind of normalized. Again, for the public administration of justice, we need to have more people on trials. I, I mean, there are some horrifying stories about plea deals and people copping to things that they didn't do. Um, and we should just get rid of all of that and just fund the justice system adequate so you have enough judges and enough lawyers so everyone gets a trial. I have an interest to know what's going on. So these plea deals are, are dubious, and I'm sure people in chat have horrifying stories about um, what's done in the name of a plea deal. And these are all forms of what the, what the real topic for today is going to be is when history disappears. Because that's what you're disappearing with a non-disclosure agreement. And that's what you're disappearing with a plea deal. You don't want the investigation into history. You don't want to know what happened. You want to just keep that um, quiet. Right? But we're going to talk a little bit with more concrete terms about what happens when history disappears after I hit the opening. And I am back. We are talking about uh, what happens when history disappears. So why, do you, why is history important? It's not just you got to know it's important to remember where you came from for some antiquarian idea just because you like old things. No, because if you actually organize the stories you tell about yourself to make who you are disappear or confuse um, who people are in the present by, uh, by uh, being a little bit too clever with what happened in the past, then people get confused about how to sustain what they are. They don't know what they are. They don't know how to sustain it. And they definitely don't know how to reproduce it. You see this with, uh, on the micro level, you see this with children all the time, where they don't understand how their kids are kind of a degraded version of themselves. Not even themselves, just a degraded version of themselves. Your kid's a degraded version of, his, of yourself because you don't actually know how you became yourself. You didn't take that seriously. You've disappeared parts of your history, formative parts of your history that have made you who you are. And now you are surprised when you can't reproduce yourself. Um, and that's kind of a, a thing because we're not immediate creatures. We are historical. We were produced. And if you don't understand how you are reproduced, you're not going to understand how you are going to sustain or how you're going to reproduce in the next generation. Right, so um, you'll think it's all held by magic and that's going to be low key conservative. Because if, if you don't know how things, this is gonna be Hume's argument. If you don't know how, what holds a state together, you don't know how it holds together in, 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 to begin with, you're not gonna go around messing with it. Because you're gonna be scared that whatever you're doing is going to be the essential thing that's held it in place to begin with, right? So there's a lot at stake in not thinking that everything's held together legitimized by magic or just kind of emerged as given. But understanding where things came from, how they emerged, and how they can be sustained, and how if they can be justified, whether they can be justified, or if they can't be justified, how it's been the case that you have your entire life that depends on an institution that can't itself be justified. So that puts you in a pickle, right? But uh, sometimes history disappears. And I came up with this topic when I was thinking about the lecture I'm going to give on Monday. To the class, it's going to be on Stephanie Jones Rogers' book, They Were Her Property. It's a book about white women slave owners in the American South. And it turns out white women were just as bad as white men. It's just that we don't talk about it that way. But it shouldn't be that hard to deal with if you've dealt with white people. It turns out that they are white people. right? So the, Stephanie Jones Rogers is a historian based out of Berkeley, wrote a nice little book about how um, you know, white women owners were just as bad as their men, and they depending, and you can't just 
you can't just take their word for it by reading their diaries. You actually have to go to the slave women they, they whipped and owned or sick their husbands on. And, um, and you actually have to get the, the other women's side of the story, right? Uh, the, the black women who work for these white women too will tell you that they're just as bad as their husbands, sometimes even worse and a little bit more petty. So um, what happens if we don't get the black women's side of the story? We don't know who we are. We don't know why we have the commitments we have. And we don't know what sustains the Southern way of life. Right? Uh, you think of Southern womanhood as being white womanhood, where the biggest <laughs> oppressor is their third husband. Not themselves yeah. being horrid themselves to everyone they can to uh, sustain their way of life. So you get a distorted notion of who you are because you don't know how the institutions you're interacting with are sustained. Because history has disappeared or you've disappeared it. Right? By the way, if you like anything I'm doing, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com. Kick in 515 because I did not die by my own hands. I was taken out. And so I need you to just raise hell. All right. I do not forgive anybody. <laughs> not one bit. And don't let anybody say, here's a gentleman. He wouldn't want you to hurt. No, I want you to burn it down. Burn it down. All right. If, I, if anything happens to me under some suspicious circumstances, I want retribution. <laughs> I want the sword. No doves. I agree with that. Um, and don't let them tell you anything. And like, no. Revenge. I want to be very clear about that. I <laughs> expect payback. Django. <laughs> um, all right. So history, uh, if when you forget how you become or the institutions um, <sighs> uh, around like through which you live your life, when you forget how they've emerged, then you don't know how to sustain them and you don't know how to reproduce them. You're just going on autopilot. And it's going to be a slow decay. Right? So that's the stake of, of, of letting history disappear or let it be one-sided or distorted because you just, you don't, a lot of people don't really know where they come to, like how they came to be who they are. They don't know how the institutions they worked with came to be who they are. If you don't know how you've come to be what you are, you don't know how to sustain yourself, and you don't know what can move and how to progress because you're scared to change anything. Because you don't know what keeps it um, uh, kicking to begin with. <sighs> right? So, um, be very, be very wary. Be very wary of, of people who don't take institutional memory seriously and people who don't take history seriously and who think that like you can just leave. Um, archives are very important. And we need to be a little bit more aggressive about our cultural archive. And I'm not just talking about word of mouth. I'm talking about videos, anything. Like, all right, these stories are important because they make us who they are and they tell us how we've become who we are. Mm. Right, I'd say I've told people before in a well-ordered world, every 70-year-old, once they hit 70, they get a knock on the door with a three-person team mm. um, that just puts a camera mm -hmm. in front of their face and says, all right, tell us your side of the story. The 60s, what happened? The 70s, go. And you just do 15 minutes a decade. And you come back the next week and do it again. And then we just upload that to the Library of Congress. And that's our, in a searchable database. And that's our cultural archive. Right? Because this book, They Were Her Property, only is 
available because of the WPA. That's the, the New Deal project, the New Deal um, program that sent people to talk to formerly enslaved people. Okay, I'm all right. Those who are still alive. Right. And also, like, the, or those who were newly emancipated or had parents who were slaves. I'm going to turn him yeah. down a bit. So, um, you need to take seriously the idea that without that government program, because the market's not going to, you can't, it, it shouldn't be volunteer. And it shouldn't be you know, <sighs> people who have access to the market um, metrics. It, it needs to be a government program as a matter of right. And not just for the individual who's saying their side, but for the public administration of our democracy, we need to know those stories, especially of the people who are on the bottom class. For the public administration of our democracy, I need a cultural archive of how, you know, working class black women, <laughs> their side of the story. Right. You know, working class white, I mean, upper class white women will always tell their side. Because we hear that every day on the media. We don't get to hear the other side. And so like, they'll just keep telling their side. In a lot of cases, you're right. it will be the whole truth. It will be a truth that makes them look good. So um, I want the working, I want the maids, I want the gardeners, I want their side of the story. And that's good for just how we think about the public administration of America. And just history in general. Right, the cultural- Because if you're leaving out the little guys- Who's telling uh, the story, it's about everyone who has- Part of the story, then you're missing a huge part of the story. They are, because if they don't know how- Well, yeah, and the manipulation that's able to continue throughout, you know, If you just take the institutions as given and not as- I mean, I even hate saying the white supremacist system. you're not going to sustain them. Because it's really not. I like white inferiority better. Me too, because I mean, in order for you to care or have to go outside of your box to try to keep oppress certain people, you're more inferior than you will. Between self government and authoritarian, then you'll ever admit. Produce the same goods, but it'll be by different means. And if you don't understand how the means is part of the end. You'll just say, yeah. like, well, healthcare is healthcare. It doesn't matter if a, if a dictator is giving it to me or if it comes through a democratically. Um, From last to first, I think that is what he's saying. But there's actually going to be stake. There's actually going to be stakes um, to giving yourself over to one program as opposed to the other. Even if the products seem to be the same. If the products seem to be the same. Right? So you need to know how things become. So you don't just take them as given. And if you know how things become, you'll know how to sustain them and how to reproduce them. I'll say this again, because I said it at the beginning, but it's very important. A lot of people screw up with their kids because they don't know how they became who they became. And so they just think either by magic or the market, um, their kids will be reproduced. And, or they have a selective memory. They tell themselves stories about, stories about their own growing up, uh, growing up that aren't exactly accurate. So they'll be surprised when their kids don't end up with the same outcomes, right? So we just need to be honest. We just need to be honest about who we are, Simple and, yeah. where we came from, in order to simple and plain. I mean, really, and, and, just be uh, honest. Produce, you know, something. But that's the only way you're gonna get you're good results, and that's why I do this show because I want people well, to talk honestly. Intentionally, like create culture. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's gonna be more so for the and masses, and that's that's where the problem the exists. Is that Ideas you know, is a little like you, you know, like the laws have changed idea, over the years. Like you can talk about the idea, what you can we write see about the idea, on the news today is not journalism. 
Um, so there'll be a record for it. You know, if you're we still used to actually have true journalism formulating the idea, days, the archaeology of an idea, where do ideas come from? That they don't have really to tell you the truth because the people and the, who the are truth doesn't matter to these forming people. the idea right. don't know that that's what they're doing because if they knew that that's what they were doing, it wouldn't. The idea would already be magic examples. People who think that you know, someone virtual insanity says. Uh, uh, examples of people who try to think that they, they can reproduce their kids by magic. Yeah, no, yeah, it happens all the time. Liberals are the worst about it. Conservatives actually put a little bit more thought into, into institutional regards. But liberals just think, well, I'm good. So if I just let my kid try to do what they want to be happy, they'll be good. And then it turns out that it, like with drugs. <laughs> so uh, they think, or like some sort of small degradation. He's hard on the liberals. Of, of, like or major degradation of where they need so I mean, all of us should be. Like, I mean, and not this just them, them because I mean, or they'll the, just end the up when they run out of conservatives. They'll end up are like doing some. some I'm a, you know, dogma. I don't know. It's kind of hard for me because I, I, you can blatantly see the liberals. But it turns out that was always going to happen when. For some, I think it's blatant that they see mostly what the conservatives are working on. But man. Like right. the the destruction so that's happening in our families is more so on the liberal side. By magic, or do you think that by magic they'll just automatically become? And that's not just my opinion. You are, you are naive to the point of dangerous. Naive to the point of dangerous. So, <laughs> oh, just be a free spirit. Look, you know, I'm I'm gonna do a whole show on this next week, but you have to actually teach your kids everything about all of their institutional relationships. It's not just about how to be a good citizen. You also have to teach them about how to like hold and sustain a job. Or you'll teach them, and you have to also teach them about how to hold and sustain an intimate partnership, right? Preferably you can model all these things, but if you don't model these things, you can at least plan and teach them um, how to do all of these things because it won't happen by magic. And then you'll be surprised when your kids got like divorced and three kids. Or whatever, because you never taught them what to look for in a partner. And you can say, well, I don't like making decisions for them. Well, then you don't want to be a parent. Modern life is complicated. Very, very, very complicated. And yeah. you don't want to actually, like, they need help. that kind of guidance about, like, they need guidance. Guidance about this. this I, I don't, civil what he's saying, I didn't, I don't think I had a about, like, healthy uh, relationships to model my life behind. And that might be why I have three baby mamas. Right. So you need to have many talks with your kids about all of these things. I don't if know. Don't I mean, to, if you don't think it happens by now, did you watch the Cosby Show well, growing you'll up? Be surprised when you raise like, yeah. someone with bad politics. That was fantasy. Like, I love the Cosby Show, but that was fantasy. Was it? And someone who it was totally fantasy. It was. If you think that no, nah, it was a it was a um, how to comport themselves and all it was a non-fiction fiction. So people say that like you know. No, I I disagree with that. How many households look like? The fucking Hustables household. How many black households? How many? How many, how many households have to exist for that for it to be real? Like my kids, when they shit. Well, okay, there could be some 
Claire and what's the name Huxtable household. I mean, but they the one out of a billion that's represented. Those are symbols. Like you know, you got to look at TV. Those are symbols that's representing. Uh, certain, um, also, you know, I characterizations. Do this, I'm very so, what I tell you, so that just you are more because, with your life. you know, the, you so know, have a the Chris Clean, about like our the, politics, everything our that was going on with this family, who my kids might end up dating, or how it was portrayed so on TV. All of this out to you to help you be a little bit more If it doesn't exist the exact same way like, in the household, does it mean that it's really fake um, or that it's like you know, kind three of, black uh, people in these United States? Because make no mistake, if you don't do that, just know that other people uh, do have designs on you. <laughs> they have designs on how you, your citizenship, the Democratic Party's got a lot at stake in your citizenship. <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, they have designs on where you fit into the workforce in civil society, and they have designs about how you should think about your um, intimate partners, right? So you need to be intentional in all of your kind of interactions to teach. Basically he's saying the government is telling you how and teach that history and, and make sure everyone family should be magic. You can't let but you can't appear. You can't let becoming let the government history. decide on how your for some like antiquarian family should be because you just like old things, but no, no yeah, we shouldn't. Or not because you want to get some sort of uh, I mean uh, ultimately we are the government. No. You know, I mean, you, you know, know, and if you are going right to, you know, say, and how you come let the government you. run your home, perspective of it. Like, this is the problem but, with anti-critical uh, th race theory. Oh, they don't listen. want Americans as a people to know the truth about America, because if Americans as a people don't know the truth about America, black people as individuals blame ourselves for our own degradation. When it turns out that like the nation was designed to exploit us. Right? So without history, you'll find yourself but without history, white people will let themselves off the hook, which they are wont to do. They love that. White people will let themselves off the hook. And without history, black people will find themselves blaming themselves individually um, for things that really aren't their fault and they 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 have a, a for public problems, for public problems that are actually expressed through their own individual degradation. They'll blame themselves individually as opposed to blaming the public. That's what I say all the time. Institutions that we've the system uh, wants you to blame yourself and so ignore the system. Time, there are lots of stakes when history disappears. You don't know how you've become. And there are also institutional mechanisms that have a vested interest in disappearing history. They have a vested interest in disappearing history. Because then they could tell you who to blame and why. Because controlling the narrative basically. Disappeared. All right, so what a thing is, you can't separate what a thing is from how it came to be that way. You you can try, but uh, that's that's going to be a problem. That doesn't mean that everything is justified by history. Things can be justified independently of how they came to be. American democracy isn't bad just because it emerged out of a colonial legacy and as a slave state. Democracy isn't bad just because of that. Right? But if you don't know how it emerged, 
then you'll find yourself thinking you can start a democracy in Afghanistan just by like air dropping ballot box. Yeah. And like hoping that like it just kind of magically takes. It's not going to happen. <laughs> As opposed to the series of pre-modern and pre-democratic institutions that were already in place before 1777. Yeah. All right. Thank you for your time. I will see you next week when I'm going to talk about uh, dependence and independence and how independence actually emerges out of structured dependence. But I'll get into the long argument next week. Peace. By the way, go to www. Yeah, so, and let me read some comments right quick. Because uh, I've been neglecting the comments. I don't like to do that. He said, so basically he's asking for culturally equal social economic status. Yes. Well, I don't know how you can do it. Cult I don't know how you can have culturally um, social economic status uh, equal because all the cultures are different. But I'm not sure about what he means by that. The other comment is um, uh I'm not one to plug any representative in the current U.S. government, but it sounds close to what Bernie Sanders has said for several decades. Everyone is equal and deserves to be treated as such. And that is simple. I agree with that. I'm a fan of Bernie Sanders. I'm sorry, y'all. I mean, like sometimes I don't agree with him, but I'm a fan of Bernie Sanders big time. And I mean, human rights, like I say, uh, black rights is human rights. Women's rights is human rights. LGBT rights are human rights. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's the focus. Everyone should have rights. This one says, I honestly think there should be more economic-based classes taught throughout school from middle school and beyond. Why isn't it in there? Like, what else is more important? They don't teach us how to pay bills. They don't teach us how to manage our money. They don't teach us how to build our credit. None of that shit is in school. Like, and how important is that to your life? So that's what happens. You grow up, you graduate high school, and guess what? You become you become a victim because all of these corporations just come and attack you and take advantage of your ignorance because they know that the school haven't taught you shit. And all you know is what the fuck you heard from some damn TV commercials. Last one, he says, the system wants everyone to fight each other. Um, they want you to fight for racism. They want you to fight for classism. They want you to fight against each other for any reason, as long as you don't upset the 1%. Exactly. See, this is what I'll be trying to get people to understand is, um, the status quo is happy with things the way they are. And the, uh, the media and the, you know, it, it tells you everything is fine. You know, racism, we took care of racism, the civil rights era, you know, you know, we're all equal now, you know, there's no racism. Everything is good. You know, the system is fine. It works just fine. Just like I was saying before, it's like, like they always be talking about what's that? It, no, I said it's so it, it said everything is fine, but so now go back to work, you know. Do yeah. 
go back, go back to normal. Do you know everything is fine? Don't worry about it. There's no racism. You know, you can just get your credit in order, and you, you know, and a lot of uh, let's say conservative black folks, the ones who have money, they they say, you know, at, at this point, all of the black people's problems are their fault. There's no excuse for black people to be in the position that they're in in 2021 because things are, have changed. And I say that it's all the way bullshit. That is ignoring the reality of the system, of the failure of reconstruction, of the failure of the civil rights movement. And like I say, the 1% he's the talking about. of their own actions. Well, were you talking about black people? Yeah, yeah. Well, Any well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, that doesn't even have to be just that, just just black people because I mean, in all in all, I mean, you know, we I mean, if we were to make that argument, you know, let's let's stick with the whole the black. Uh, I mean, we was having that conversation somewhat earlier. Like, I mean, there's things that we could have done a long time ago where this whole reparations talk wouldn't even be an issue and I, I don't disagree with that um what the but what he his argument is in there is that you can't um leave out the structural systems that put people in the position that they're in <laughs> like i know but nobody <laughs> no but but nobody really talks about the real problem and therefore it gets to, you know it, it becomes where it's just a bunch of talk still where if you know you know my, the main thing that i talk about is you know being um whether you want to call it denationalized or uh you, you know where your status and stuff was changed in 1774 he mentioned you know, that date i want to say in the video go ahead yeah, so I mean, these things happen where if we just reverse that process, we'll really change, a, you know, a lot of things to where when you go to court and you, you're speaking as, you know, someone considered a, a part of the human family instead of someone, you know, some colorable um, entity, you know, because like I said, I mean, these lawyers understand this you know i don't i don't necessarily expect the average person to truly know and understand this but because these are the narr narratives that keep cycling you, you know the things that they do speak about publicly if you know if that conversation was to come up publicly then I think there would be things that would change. People would understand. And then, I mean, of course, there's still going to be lazy people that feel like they shouldn't have to go file paperwork to do this because, like, I've had this conversation with many people. Like, well, if they un if they undid it, then you they should, you know, if they if they did this thing, then they should be able to undo it. Okay, yeah, that's the case, but, I mean, they, they should. But at the same time, this is not something that's happening. If they wanted to do it, that would be done. It's still like overall, it is our responsibility. You know, if we're gonna if we're gonna act in the uh you know, if we're gonna act in the the uh atmosphere of men, like you know, if we're gonna deal with politics, 
Okay, let's deal with politics. Like, let's make actions. Like, I mean, they're shuffling papers every day, all day. They're, you know, like these people who are actually doing things that can change your life are shuffling papers. Like, our biggest genocide that has happened to us as black people has happened on paper. Yeah, people have died. Uh, you know, they, I, so, I agree with that. But it sounds like what your argument is that going back to the individual, and that's what he was saying in the video, is that the 1% wants you to say that it's your fault. And they want you to say that the system is fine, everything works, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, get yeah, your no, credit no. right, and well, you no, can... I, I'm not saying it's our fault. I'm saying it's our responsibility. I agree with that. But look, look, this is my thing. And this is what I say all the time. How come we have to put our race on the census or on whatever it is? Uh, I don't know, job applications. I don't know if they ask for it on job applications, but they ask for this shit all, all, all kinds of paperwork you fill out asks you this. So uh, one simple thing you could do is not do that, right? Why do they need that information? What does it matter if if there's if racism doesn't exist? If my race doesn't matter, I'm a human. Then why do I have to put black, white, Hispanic, or whatever the fuck on the paperwork? That's a thing that could be fixed in the system simply by leaving that part out of the fucking thing. Just leave that one question out. Yeah. No. I mean. Shit, there's probably other questions that shouldn't be on there as or, or alongside of that. I agree with you, but we can't, as an individual, I can't change that paperwork. And when I turn it in and I don't fill it out completely, then they're not going to process it. Yeah, and I mean... They're going to say it's incomplete. Well, yeah, they'll say it's incomplete. And like, uh, like I was saying earlier about the whole... Because like what they used to do on... You know, when people did that with the census... You know, okay, well, I'm just not going to answer that. I, You know, okay, are, are you Negro? Are you Indian? Are you white? Are you Hispanic? Are you this, that, and the other? And some people would leave it blank because, or, you know, they're right other, but then the the people who actually get it, they'll, you know, like, the default answer for that. If you try to avoid that, that 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 question, you know the system is set up to for a default answer. They're gonna plug in something. Yeah. Yeah. So I plug mean, it in. I, that's why I say it's still our responsibility. So instead of leaving it blank or writing, you know, other and whatever, spe specifically write out what, how you identify. You know what I'm saying? Because otherwise, they're gonna identify you for you. But 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 that goes against my argument. My argument is the identification of like your ethnicis, your ethnicity or race or whatever the hell it is. I, I I get. It. I mean, I heard you. I mean, I I totally get it. I I, I agree thousands of percents, but. You know, we, we can't pretend like, you know what I'm saying, because in our mind that we feel it shouldn't be, doesn't mean that it isn't. And, 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 but see, that sounds like defeatist. That sounds like a defeatist attitude. And what I'm saying is if we fight hard enough, 
that's how I, that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like just uh, uh, go with the system but and, and try to no, no, try to no, work no. it. The system is what it is until we change it. So if that's what I'm gonna, saying. So so until you until you get in there and start shuffling the paperwork like they're shuffling, you put in your you know what I'm saying you you put in your you know like your your disputes. You 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 have to get in there and do the same shit that they've been doing against you. So you go in there and you file stuff in there for you or against them, like. You have to act. You can't sit back and complain and talk shit about it and expect it to be different. It's like the whole... You got to do something. Yeah, you can't sit back and expect, you know, do the same thing and expect a different result. And that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to fight the system. And if I can get enough people to think like, okay, if racism, because that's what they keep screaming. And it makes me angry. This I don't see color. Racism yeah. don't exist. But, it doesn't matter what your race is. Well, then take the shit off the application, then, bitch. <laughs> if it, you if know, you I, don't see color, then why the fuck I have to put that and, shit on my paperwork? Yeah, and and the more that we take control of that, and we are in the positions where we can offer jobs. We don't put that shit on our application. Okay, and okay, that's where people. you're coming from. Okay, yeah, I got I mean, you now. Let's let's be right. Like the institution. Yeah, we have to be, be the institution. To, yeah, we have to be the we have to be the you know like the, the part that people are follow. Like you know, like people see what we're doing as more of what they want to be a part of instead of following that so that at some point you know that Ooh. will not will not exist you know people will negate that and act like oh they you know like they own that bullshit so you know what 